<laughs> I can't believe it's not malt. That could be a new. Oh, I'm going to send that in. Uh, Wayward Brewing, I noticed this week, are offering a, a slab to anyone who can name their next beer. So maybe oh, I can't believe it's not malt. That might be. <laughs> you heard it here first. With bags full of thanks to Cryer Malt with over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt has been bringing you the best local and imported malts. Uh, they are your premium brewing partner and they are also proud supporters of Brews News and thanks to them, this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me today, as usual, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Pete, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. How's your, uh, how's your week been? It seems odd because, you know, we, we the last time we were together, we were, you know, drinking together and, you know, in real life and across the – or next to each other at the table and it just seems a bit odd now going back to, you know, the real world. Yeah, doesn't it? So bad. We, we, we do have uh, some IRA, you know, tete-a-tete time coming up. Um, you're coming up, so we're going to do a bit of a sweep through the Sunshine Coast, which, uh, you know, rated quite highly in the Hottest 100 Craft Beer Countdown. More importantly, Matt, we're clearly learning from the lessons handed to us by our good friends at uh, the artist formerly known as Carlton and United Breweries. So we've, Which is? we've heard and we're, <laughs> and we're doing something about it. So oh, our, uh, our, well, listeners, they... <laughs> our listeners have been suggesting you need to get out on the road more. You know, I love the where you go out and do things and um, perhaps where the listeners can come and have a, you know, an interactive, uh, either a panel discussion or, or, or you know, watch a, a live recording of the podcast. And you and I, a couple of months ago, it was just before Christmas, wasn't it? We decided, look, enough talk, let's actually work on doing it. And we sort of tossed around uh, doing a tour of Newcastle. We tossed around going and visiting Canberra and doing the breweries around there and doing some consumer-facing events while we're up there. And we've actually, the rubber's hitting the road and we've walked the walk and, and talked the talk. And we're heading to the sunny coast. Yeah, and look, I mean, these things obviously cost money. For a second there, I thought you were going to say we're going to take a leaf out of CUV's book and learn how to not to pay tax. Um, <laughs> which... they, they pay tax. They just don't pay it in Australia because it's not an Australian registered company, isn't it? No, but they generate uh, several billion dollars worth of sales in Australia. You'd think that we should. And uh, they, they claim to pay tax by uh, paying excise. But of course, as we know, they don't pay the tax. They collect the tax and we pay the tax as the beer drinker because it's a tax, excise is a tax on the beer drinker, not on the company. Not on the company, yes. But, yes. Um, no, so... Uh, no, I wasn't going to go there, Matt. No, but, but Brews News does pay more a tax in, uh, in, in Australia than CUB. And uh, one of the reasons is the same reason that we can, uh, you know, get out. And we, we, we've got sponsors like Cry Malt. Um, we've got advertisers like uh, Rallings, who we'll come to later. And, uh, you know, and we, we've got our... Um, you know, supporters who give us a little bit of money each month uh, to help us get out and you know do that sort of coverage because it all costs money, um, and and that's the big thing. As we get more resources, everything that we uh, earn certainly doesn't go into your pocket or mine, um, but it's sort of going to uh, getting out and giving better beer coverage, um, you know, across the country. So really excited to have you up here, and also currently trying to work on. Obviously, the hop harvest isn't too far away. Uh, the 6th of Feb, March, it looks like, uh, kicking off. And, uh, mate, I'm hoping that we can get down there and, you know, come to our regular listeners from amongst the binds. That'd be nice. Yeah. So um, uh, when are we heading up? I'm heading up your way, so we're going to, we're going to catch weeks. up at the, at the Sunshine Coast in two weeks' time. Yep. 
That's good. So we'll be um, catching up with quite a few of the brewers up there. The first time I think I took the family up on a holiday to the Sunshine Coast, there was a Sunshine Coast brewery, and that was about it. It's certainly improved uh, over the years. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, no, there was uh, the, the Black Bunny um, and the Sunshine Coast Brewery, and unfortunately Black Bunny's passed, but uh, the Sunshine Coast Brewery's there, but... We're going to be visiting, yeah, we're going to go be seeing your mates, Ten Toes, um, Heads of Noosa. Um, we'll call in and see you Monday. Uh, Boiling Pot, which is a new one that's opening up there. And, um, yeah, so we'll have at least six weeks of uh, beers are a conversation. Or beer, <laughs> beer is... Yeah, I don't know what the... Yeah. <laughs> the plural beers, of... <laughs> beers is conversations. <laughs> beer is conversations, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, so very excited to be doing that. And then also um, catching up with uh, OJ and uh, a number of brewers who will be down touring the hops. Um, and, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, lots of great content coming out of that. Coming right at you. Meanwhile, in today's news, we're going to cover quite a few interesting things. One but that's very dear to both of our hearts, I know. Um, and we're going to look at first up, which is flagship February. Then we're going to have a quick look at... Um, Gage Roads and their strong growth. Foghorn backs bags a backer, which is great news. And then we'll finish up with, hey, kettle, you need a wash from pot. Uh, Matt, flagship February, I'm going to throw this to you because there was a bit of a teaser in my social media feed a couple of weeks ago from good friend of the program, Stephen Beaumont, who's been on before, who is, oh, it's not unfair to say, he's the, he's the Canadian Matt Kierkegaard. Would oh, that be un- not, oh, not man, too unfair? I, no, no, I, I got it because uh, that would. Uh, that's no, no, you're right. He, he, sorry, he wishes one day that he will have. <laughs> no, God, no. He's he um, held I, in the same esteem as you. Oh no, mate. He, he he has a gravitas that you know maybe with fifteen twenty years uh, I might hope one day to uh, you know shadow. He, know, he knows a bit about beer and he writes about it in Canada. And has for a long time, yeah, much longer yeah. than I have. But a, a lovely fellow, very, uh, you know, so very strong opinions, um, but also, you know, very, very deeply knowledgeable. And, you know, yeah. it, it made a, I think we, we've touched on Flagship February a little bit in in the past. And it's, it's a month where, um, you know, some beer writers have uh, Jay Brooks, who we don't think we've ever had on the program, but has been a you know one of the early um, beer bloggers as well. We've, we, we, we have certainly um, name checked a lot of his um, his articles and things like that. We've used them to sort of uh, draw comparisons and, and use them as illustrations. Yes, yes. yeah. So, but I, I don't think we've spoken to him. Yeah, so they, they got together and came up with an idea. You know, when they sort of saw that you know the the, the ever-changing um, you know, array of new beers um, and the styles are coming up that, you know, sometimes some of the classics um, don't get the love that, you know, or the, the, you know, the, the attention, I would, I would say, because I think they are loved, but they don't sometimes get the attention. And, you know, we, we have seen a couple of the big breweries um, sell you know, or, or, or just struggle. And, you know, I, I know that a you know, good friend of the program, Luke Robertson, sort of, you know, it, it rubbed him the wrong way. I don't think it's unfair to say, you know, that you're celebrating, you know, I think he basically said, you know, why do I want to put more money in a billionaire's pocket? Or, you know, I, you know, it's almost like a charity campaign for a billionaire, namely Sierra Nevada. You know, we had a bit of a back and forth discussing that. And I understand exactly what he's saying. And to some extent, he's right. Um, but I also think, you know, as is often the case, it's where you come into the um, conversation. And, you know, Prof, one of the things, in my article, like I celebrate Cooper Sparkling Ale and celebrate its, its history. 
But I also call upon the experience with the Belgian wit beer style. Um, and you know, I was always fascinated 15 years ago when I got into craft beer, um, or sorry, it wasn't even craft beer, got, you know, 15, when I started writing about beer, and I probably got into it about 20 years ago, um, we didn't have craft beers, um, we didn't have craft breweries, um, we didn't have a local, we didn't have a lot of choice. Um, there were a couple of legacies from the 80s, some of which had been taken over by the big brewers. And if you wanted to really sort of try something a little bit different from Lager or Coopers, um, you had whatever the Belgians were, or you know, you know, like you had a couple of those novelty English beers, um, you know, cranky old bastard ale, or you know, thirsty ferret, and then you had yeah, the, old old fart, old fart. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you also had the, the Belgians, and so it was beers like Chimay and Duval, um, and even Hogarden, which by then had been acquired by what was the precursor to AB uh, InBev. AB, yeah, yeah. Um, Ambev. In, Interbrew or AmBev? Interbrew, Interbrew, that's right. Interbrew. Because Interbrew. AmBev was, was the uh, South American um, that merged with uh, Interbrew. And, you know, I, I thought it, it was a beer that was just so different from anything I'd ever tried because it had that you know, sort of funky sort of flavour and the spiciness. There was the, sweetness, there was sourness, there was tartness, there was cloudy, there was colour. It was just, it was everything that uh, I guess what we'd been brought up on wasn't. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, it was great with um, f- great with food and also a great ingredient with food. Uh, my good friend Ian Watson um, you know, gave me a recipe for how to make um, beer mussels featuring it. And, you know, it was just a beer that I just sort of thought, yeah, wow, this is such an exciting beer. And I'd give it to friends and it would change their perception. And But the story of the beer was that it was, you know, the, the, in, in various forms, the wit beer has evolved over, you know, uh, a couple of hundred years um, in in Belgium, but then in the fifties, because the, the 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 sweeping tide of pale lagers and uh, you know the, the the changing fashions around beer, the whereas pretty much every town once had a wit beer brewery, the the last one closed in nineteen fifty, and it was uh, you know when Pierre Sellis um, retired and missed the style so much that he decided, well look, I'll have a whack at um, recreating it, that Hogarden was born and you know, immediately took off again. And it, it fascinated me that a style that had so much merit and excitement and there was obviously such demand for um, could disappear despite there being that love. And so you know, sort of just sort of write a little piece about that because, you know, the, the, the sparkling ale that Coopers represents was once, um, you know, like Forex sparkling ale, the Forex that we now you know that we actually no one drinks anymore because it's the forex bitter the heavy was once forex sparkling ale before you know lagers swept the world and so Coopers for a long time was the last maker of sparkling sparkling ale so you know you know I, I, I don't know what the point of um, the article is beyond just of saying look you know you never miss your water until the well is dry um, and it is sometimes worth. Um, remembering some of these beers and not not purchasing them or thinking that you know they're going to be there forever because they do they do go away that was a bit of a monologue prof but uh yeah so you, you can read pretty much exactly that um when my flagship february story drops on um the 7th which will be after this goes out or, okay so look at so look out for that on the 7th um either flagshipfebruary.com or uh, you can go th- through the Facebook page, and I'll, and I'll, I'll link we'll to it. In leave the show a link notes. to it. Yeah, but, Prof, just out of interest, what would your flagship be? What was you know, uh, what, what, What's a beer that really showcases to you? You know, a, a, a great beer from a you know iconic um, brewery. 
yeah, hard to hard to put a fag papers with between Alpha Pale Ale and Mountain Goat Hightail. Well, mate, I mate, think um, flagship for, for flagship February, the Alpha Pale Ale ship may have sailed. Do, uh, do I, they still I make it? I, uh, I haven't looked for it, but uh, but in the same breath, haven't seen it. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, if I was in the States, it would probably be um, – it would be Anchor Steam, I reckon, uh, or, or Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. If I had to go for something local here, um, I'd probably show a bit of love to Cooper's, Cooper's Pale Ale I'll go with. Cooper's Pale, okay. Yeah, Cooper was the, I guess the flagship was what made the, the, the name flagship because Cooper's is sort of an offshoot, not really the flagship. Sparkling is the, uh, the the beer that Cooper's, you know, really made its name on. True. Okay, I'll have to have more time. I'll, I'll see if I can come up with something by the end of the year. Um, I'll, st- I'll, stick with, I'll stick with Mountain Goat high, high Tart. Tweet, if you're listening and you've got your phone handy, just sort of tweet, you know, uh, at fla- flagship February, um, you know, and, and tag us in it, and let us know what your flagship would be. Um, very interested, or you know, cards and letters. Send us a, an email, um, letting us know what your flagship, or even if you disagree with the idea of flagship February. As always, uh, producer at bruisenews.com.au. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of beers that used to be made by one company and then they sort of caught lightning in a bottle, a la Fat Yak, and then went off and said, "This is so good, we're going to make a stable out of." Um, the Fat Yak brand, uh, echoes or shadows of that in Gage Road's, uh, first of all, showing strong growth, which is always good for a, um, a healthy beer market. But Atomic, which is their pale ale, is uh, to become its own brand. Yeah. Um, look, great news. I mean, Gage is one of those ones like, God, you know, Gage could almost be um, you know, a flagship for me in a lot of ways because when uh, – I was first getting into like this notion of craft beer and you know it was the one that you could get and then it would disappear then it would come back and you know they, they sort of have been there and thereabouts for, for some time but three years ago they bought back their 25 percent share from uh Woolworths and launched their you know um, returning to craft where they concentrated not so much on contract brewing but you know, producing their own brands um, and, you know, Single Fin um, made the Hottest 100 top 10. Uh, Little Dove has, you know, won a whole lot of accolades on the back of those beers. A lot of growth, some really good sponsorships um, at Sporting Grounds. Um, so we've really seen, you know, their uh, proprietary brands, I think, uh, offhand, I think it went to 50%. Uh, more, they're, they're more than 50% of their volume is now proprietary brands, which means that they're making more money, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, and great to see sing, single fin pop in, um, uh, anchored the top 10 of yep. the um, the Gab's Hottest 100. Yep, so it was great. down a little bit, but it's still you know, there, there's you know, apart from the top four, there is always going to be a little bit of movement. Well, even in the top four, but this year, um, yeah. there, there'll always yeah. be a little bit of movement, but still being remembered. Um, and uh, yeah, so on the back of that, you know, they, they've had some really good growth, um, to profitability. Um, and Atomic, which is a beer that they probably launched. Seven or eight years ago, they had uh, Sleeping Giant, um, which it was more of an English style um, IPA. Style yep. IPA. Then they had the Atomic Pale Ale, um, and they had one other at the time, but both really lovely beers. Um, and so, I, I did they think, have a Golden Ale? Was there a Golden Ale in there? I think it might have come. No, out. I think 
Yeah, then single fin, and then um, well, dry dock. They, they, which I, <laughs> dry dock was a was a great beer, and I know. Um, was it shout dry out dock? To the ALA, Justin, the one they brewed for Justin, ALH? Justin Fox. Uh, no, no, no. That was one of their. There was like there was breakwater, right? Single fin. So there was like the like the the coastal um, name, right? Okay. Sort of thing. So there was there was uh, yeah breakwater, single fin, and dry dock. Which I know, yeah, and shout out to a good friend of the program from um, Bintani, um, Justin Fox, who I know uh, misses that beer as well. Foxy, and uh, and mate, don't don't forget Cut K U W T, which was their uh, low, <laughs> low carb beer or the, yeah, their dry beer, and, which fortunately was Cut. <laughs> yeah, then they, with the, with the terrible, yeah, and, and, and then they uh, had the it, vortex yeah, Wahoo, bottle, yeah, Wahoo, Wahoo. With, the, <laughs> with the with the rifle barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually shows. I want to, you know, apart from loving um, Gage Roads because of that, just the sentimental value. It, it shows. You know, they have been big enough. They've survived long enough that you have seen them trying to work out their business um, over a long time. They have tried a lot of things. So it's all I, you know, reckon that there's almost going to be a, um, you know, marketing PhD or a business case study in there somewhere because they have tried all these things but they seem to have found a winning formula and which brings us to Atom- uh, Atomic where I think Gage Roads because Gage Roads is named after the um, body of water um, just off the Fremantle Harbour you know so it's where the ships it's the the, the road for ships basically uh, as yeah. they're coming into um, the harbour it's been identified I think they felt that it's been a little bit too Western Australian and doesn't really have the cut through whereas the Atomic brand is doing quite well um, in uh, you know, other states, in the eastern states, and they do have a plan to expand into the east coast. So Atomic is, I think, going to be the, the, the brand rather than just a beer. It's going to be a brand that they uh, really try and leverage off in um, the, the, the eastern states. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, um, how that all goes. Yeah, and uh, actually the one thing, I'm just sort of having a bit of a look, you know, like their shares were down as low as about two cents at one stage or even lower but they're up around 10 cents. And with all of the action in the, you know, people wanting to buy a stake in a brewery. I think at 100, 100 bucks minimum, I think it's for- uh, 100 bucks minimum for Endeavour. For Endeavor. So that'll get, you, that'll get you a few Gage Road shares. Yeah, not, that, that's what I'm, not that I'm encouraging people to sell their Endeavour stock. And, no, know. no, no, God, no. No, but it's, uh, you know- But if you had two lots of 100. There is a little bit of hype around the crowdfunding or the, you know, the equity crowdfunding and, uh, you know, the Gage Road. I, 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 look, I, I wouldn't be putting uh, my hard-earned into Brew, for example, which is the other publicly listed company. Isn't that worth billions, though? Aren't they <laughs> like selling 50,000 containers yeah, to, well, no, into China? Well, no, it's brewed over there, and they're getting about $0.07 cents a litre or something a litre. But anyway, um, I, I probably should put that disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Um, you know, should, <laughs> this is no substitute for financial advice. But, uh, yeah, no, look, it's been interesting to see the way that, I mean, Gage has been up as high as about $0.15, cents, but it's uh, currently trading around 10%, so $0.10, cents, so... Things seem to be going okay for them. Um, so, yeah, if, if you missed out on the Black Ops equity fundraising, maybe uh, yeah, look at putting a... You know, Jump on board. Yeah. Get amongst it. Uh, speaking of jumping on board and uh, supporting, one piece of really good news this week. Uh, we spoke months ago now about the situation with Foghorn, mm. uh, Sean Sherlock's project up there uh, in Newcastle. And the... Freehold, the lease. Anyway, things were changing, and, and it looked like they were possibly going to be without a home. He's co-owned it. Yes, he's well. He, he, he when he left Murray's and set up uh, Foghorn, obviously, you know, it's an expensive business. He had a backer, 
Um, I believe the backer owned the um, you know, the shed, the, 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 yeah. the, the warehouse or the, the, the shed that the brewery went into um, and was, uh, I could be wrong, but I, th- I think he was a majority shareholder. You know, decided he wanted to go off and do something else, which leaves you know poor old minority shareholder in a bit of a pickle um, because you can't afford to buy out, but you've got somebody who wants to realise his assets. Um, and fortunately, Sean had potentially a white knight, an equity mob called Founders First, which uh, has been making a bit of a wave. They backed Jetty Road down your way, Prof, down on Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Yep. Um, I believe that they're getting into spirits as, as well. And from what I understand, very much about getting in and letting founders, um, you know, uh, realise their dreams and their ambitions um, by coming in and providing uh, capital. Um, so they've come in, taken, you know, bought out Sean's business partner, um, come to an arrangement with Sean. So he's a, he's still co-owner um, and. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, and good luck to Sean too, because I think the Sligo Stout from memory has gone back to back in the um, what was the Craft Beer Awards the last year became the Indies. Pretty sure won a gold medal um, both years. Mm, or, or, I mean, Sean's a great brewer. Murray's, you know, he uh, as we talked about last week in the hottest one on the map. Um, yeah, it was the brewer when they really. Uh, what were uh, when they had uh, seven or eight beers in the in the top. Uh, 100 in those those early years, and the uh, the the Icon Two IPA was consistently in the top three uh, the first three or four years. And and do listen out for upcoming episodes of Beer is a Conversation because I've teed up chats with both um, the MD of Founders First to find out a little because they seem to be more active in the beer scene. So we're going to have a bit of a chat, and also with Sean to sort of talk about you know the the, the challenges of being a minority shareholder in your own uh business and you know what happens you know through this while also talking about all things uh foghorn to find out a little bit about it but it's you know it's um, i I, it's something that fascinates me prof um you know having our own little business um you know how you grow and how you get capital and what you have to give up to do that um and you know if you don't have the money yourself and before businesses start everyone's great mates and everyone's got a shared vision um because you've got this uh you know fantasy um of you know like that not meant to be pejorative but you've got this vision for what the business is but once the rubber hits the road and the you start facing the challenges then you start realizing that not everyone has the same way of resolving you know disagreements and uh problems and and those sorts of things and so you know that, that can be a little bit of a challenge um going on and you know um I, i'm really keen to have a bit of a chat to sean about how, how you deal with some of those things given that we've got a very uh, strong industry audience yeah I'd be very keen too to see how this the lessons learned from this particular experience influence uh sean's sort of i guess forward planning like do you do you say okay well I can see how in one way, you know, everything was going along, you know, from my point of view as a, as a brewer, everything, you know, I wake up every morning, I'm doing what I love, um, living the dream, how good's this? But then something like this makes you realise actually it's it's if when you're in that minority position, it's, it's quite tentative, you know, trends change um, or situations change and, you know, your partner says, mate, sorry, uh, I'm moving overseas or, you know, I've got to do whatever. 
uh, that things can change very quickly. And so, well, mate, as soon as you said partner, I was thinking, and it's and it's not just your business partner; it's your, you know, family partner, like your your, your life partner and family. Um, yeah, you exactly. Know, if you know, suddenly you come home one day and say, "Look, Dale, the, uh, you know, Mick you know, wants yeah, to sell the you know, other yeah, share," and uh, you know, you, you know the dream. Yeah, it's our financial future is a little bit wary. You know, I, I know I'm sort of working seventy hours a week as it is, um, and getting you know, leaving home at four o'clock to mash in, and, and suddenly all of that looks like it's a, a little bit tenuous, and we might lose the, you know, that we could potentially lose. Suddenly, you might get a little bit of pressure saying, "Well, is this really what we as a family want?" Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's always, um, you know, again, as much as we love beer and we look at the very positive feelings as you open a can of, of, of great craft beer or a bottle, um, th- there's a whole lot going on in the background that, uh, you know, we try and cover here on Brews News. Exactly. And we couldn't do it without the support of people like Crymalt who, um, and I don't know if Sean uses Crymalt. Um, in any of his particular beers, but um, I'm pretty sure that one thing that Sean doesn't use is corn syrup or rice malt. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Hey, kettle, you need a wash, <laughs> says the pot. <laughs> uh, talk us through this one, Matt, because this was uh, Super Bowl every year, I guess, throws up whether the game's, you know, excellent or tight or boring or whatever it is. There's always um, the halftime entertainment and then there's the, uh, the Super Bowl ads are always... Um, uh, top front of mind in, in terms of the conversations, particularly on social media, and this year was no exception. Yeah. Last year, it was last year or the year before that AB InBev had a bit of a crack during the Super Bowl or used the Super Bowl to have a bit of a crack at um, you know the the, the peach sour, not blah, to blah, be fussed you know. over. Yeah, when they yeah. make the biggest selling peach beer, in. <laughs> <laughs> or had just bought yeah the 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 brewery that made the biggest peach flavored beer. Um, yeah, so they they've kind of yeah pot kettle different color. Yeah. Well, uh, look uh, again, and I, I sort of saw this in my feed. I just rolled my eyes because it, it's it's not all that interesting, but it, it it does seem to have um become a bit of a thing because so uh, talk us through it. What what happened? What, what Bush, have done this time? Yeah, and I was a Bush Brewers of Bud Light. Um, ran a bit of an ad. It looked like I was you know sort of trying to tick a few boxes. It had a bit of Game of Thrones in there, but it was basically calling out its competitors for using corn syrup. Um, and, you know, as a fermentable sugar in in their beers, when... a cheap, a cheaper than malt adjunct. Yes, well, it, 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 it's um, exactly, but <laughs> completely ignoring the fact that they use corn. Um, you know, uh, no rice. Ah, sorry, rice. Sorry. Yeah, so they were calling sorry. they were calling out those who use corn, oblivious to the fact that but we use rice, don't we? Isn't we, it? We use rice. Isn't it? Another, Is that even cheaper than corn? <laughs> another adjunct sugar that uh, you know sort of gets people uh, a little bit sort of unhappy about um, and pointing fingers at. Um, and, you know, like it, which is why, you know, hey, kettle, uh, you need a wash um, because it's basically the pot calling the kettle black. And so, it, it, of course, it gets a spat. And as um, Miller Coors called out, apparently some of Bud Light's beers use corn and even so, who doesn't? But there was a really nice, and the, the particular coverage I've linked to is a site called The Takeout. And they point out that, um, you know, a lot of craft brewers use corn syrup and uh, including none other than Russian Rivers Vinny Chilerzo, uh, who said, we've been using a lot of sugars in the fermentables in that beer, being Pliny the Elder, which is uh, regularly voted the, the um, best beer in the world um, on rate beer. Um, and he says, 
Uh, we've been using a lot of sugars in fermentables. Uh, dextrose sugar, so it's drying the beer out and giving the beer a nice, light, dry body. Super crisp, but really dry yet bitter. And Belgium, and then um, the article also says, and Belgian brewers, some of the most traditional in the world, have used corn to supply up to 20% of the fermentable sugars in their beers for decades, if not hundreds of years. Beloved brewery yeah. Rodenbach included. Yeah. Candy syrup and uh, beet sugar. Beet sugar. And, and then I, I guess the best takedown is one of my favourite uh, Twitter handles, um, Don't Drink Beer. Um, I love how craft beer nerds are tearing Bud Light apart for corn syrup commentary. Meanwhile, those same people drink the wildest food additives in their beer. If AB InBev labelled it lactose and took it to the craft beer castle, people would be having a complete meltdown. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it, it's one of those things that, A, it, it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, and but it also shows that marketing... You know, marketing has absolutely no truth to it in a lot of way. Or, you know, people yep. will just sort of say whatever they need to to flog product because I'm pretty sure that the U.S. Brewers Association got really upset at the craft beer community for taking them down. And so they got, you know, the, the 10 craft breweries that they'd bought to do this little video so saying, hey, we're all in this together, man. Um, and, you know, when, when you tear us down, you're hurting beer. And yet... You know, they're, they're willing to sort of take down whoever gets in their path. As you said two years ago, um, craft brewers. Um, this year, they're mainstream opponents. And it's just all about market share. And, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid, drink the beer. Exactly. And it's, look, it's just another perfect example of when we've spoken of it before, where sometimes I think the marketing departments uh, in these breweries are blissfully unaware that they have a brewing division. <laughs> as part of the same company because they come out with the marketing sort of thing. Hey, do you want to actually ring the brewer and just say, oh, by the way, I'm just about to throw some shit um, about corn syrup. Do we? Oh, we do. Okay. Well, uh, let's, I, re let's rewrite it. I, 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 but they me, don't. Let me put it this way. I don't think I've ever got a, an email from a, a beer marketer that said, don't quote me on this, but but I have got them from brewers. Yeah. Um, and I've never got any fan mail from, marketers, from beer marketers either, I don't think. Oh, there you go. Are you surprised? No, no, absolutely I'm not. not. But but hey, do you know who do you know who will be surprised? The letter writer who in this week's mailbag will receive a Bruise News bottle opener and also a mixed six pack thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our Letter of the Week. And if you want to get beers that you maybe you can't find uh, elsewhere, uh, maybe from the hottest one hundred, um, Beer Cartel are the people to go. Or may, maybe if you want to try some beers with some uh, corn syrup in Beer yes, Cartel. <laughs> mm -mm, I can't <laughs> believe it's not. Malt. That, that, that could be a new... Oh, I'm going to send that in. Uh, Wayward Brewing, I noticed this week, are offering a, a slab to anyone who can name their next beer. So maybe, oh, I can't believe it's not malt. That might be <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, mailbag. Uh, so don't forget, uh, review us on iTunes or send us an email and you too can be in the draw for the letter of the week. Somebody that did review us on iTunes, Prof. Yes. Um, was that a number? Are we going to come to that one? Yeah, we'll, we'll do that one first because we'll, we'll you were segueing into that. Um, our first letter comes from Mark Farrell, or Farrell, not too sure. Uh, firstly, thanks for what you do. The news episodes really help with the Ale Stars trivia night, and I enjoy the conversations. I thought the Brooklyn one recently was excellent. It was so refreshing to hear a bunch of beer people being honest and mature about what they are and what they aren't. It made me even more likely to try some of their expanded range when the time comes. So now that I've done a bit of buttering up, I just want to have a go at the flavour versus subtlety and balance theme that comes up a bit and what generally follows. It seems to come up when you've um, when you've been dragged into conversations about seasonal releases or an event like the Hottest 100, where you've had to suffer the people who equate subtle flavour as bad beer. 
I'm not quite sure that we did that, but anyway, we'll come to that. My condolences, and I agree with nearly everything you say about the opinion. If only you left it there instead of. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't specifically said this is me, um, and I can't. I can't think. No, I, no, no. I no, no. Oh, we, he we probably talk, means you. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. Yeah. So, uh, if only you left it there instead of tying it up with the opinion that subtlety and balance are the hallmarks of true inverted commas beer. They're not. They're the hallmarks of one of the main approaches to brewing coming out of Europe in the 18th century, and that's the Bavarian one. The farmhouse ale culture that has one end in Belgium and stretches across the north of Europe, including what's now northern Germany to the Baltic states, is perfectly comfortable with big flavours. Matt, is this a, a case of, uh, and thanks, Mark, for your letter. Oh, and uh, it goes on. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was quite... There, uh, there was some more, but that, that, yeah, it's, it's and, quite and, Yeah, so so thank you, Mark, for um, taking the time. It was a really, really uh, great letter. Oh, look, the, the thing I'd say to that is I, I think um, Mark has seen our discussion and sort of saying that balance is subtlety. Which it's absolutely not because I, you know, balance is a little bit different. I mean, I, we we, did, we spoke about both balance and subtlety and big flavours, but as as three sort of separate components, not a, a, a conflated uh, sort of um, perception of the ideal beer. Yeah, look, I mean, Belgian triples saisons, two of my favourite um, beer styles, and you know, they're, they're not subtle um, in the sense that they are big flavours, as Mark says, but. To my way of thinking, the beauty's in the balance. The, the yeah, it, it's still balanced with those, and even you know, like a, a an IPA. I mean, we heard Vinnie Chiloso sort of talking about you know it, it, it's drying it out, trying to find balance, even in big hoppy beers. Um, and you know, one of my favourite um, Australian IPAs, and I, I don't mean a single one out, but you know, something like Fixation IPA is a big, very fruity beer but it's also about balance. Um, and sometimes I think the, the, the conversation we had last week was, you know, um, a, a lot of people who get into beer, they try a Saison, they love that spiciness. Um, and because it's the thing that's the easiest flavour to identify, um, you know, those sort of yeast um, flavours or, you know, a lambic, um, which has a little bit of, uh, you know, or sometimes a lot of sour. Or they, tart. Or tart. Um, they go looking to draw that flavor out and so basically all you're getting so it's almost a cartoon version like i I talk about the cartoonishness of some things where you know if you look at um tony abbott and maybe you'd prefer not to and then look at what a cartoonist does when he draws tony abbott budgie smugglers big ears budgie smugglers it sort of takes the features that, that make it distinctive some and, might say, "Pick the low-hanging fruit, Matt." <laughs> well, it, but any—I mean, any—you um, know—any uh, form of um, cartooning, you, you take the most identifiable characters and exaggerate them to make it a cartoon. And that's that's the that's the definition of a caricature. That caricature, and and that's where I, you know, our discussion last week. It's not about subtlety. Um, I mean, subtlety isn't a bad thing, but. You can also have balance in, in a big beer. And so, yes, like a farmhouse ale, um, I, I think the, the best versions of it and the ones that ultimately survive and the, that find popular acceptance are the most balanced versions of it. So, yeah, um, take his point. I, I, I guess, yeah, I would just say, look, I, I don't disagree with what he's saying. Just balance you know, and big flavours aren't mutually exclusive. No. So well explained, Matt. If only you'd explained it three times, um, you know, but we wouldn't have had the need for the letter. Mate, I'm trying to cut down. 
And then when you don't, we get a letter who's misunderstood you and you've got to explain it again. I've actually, well, no, but I don't think you misunderstood. Look, it, 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 it no. was a very complex point. Um, and I, I've noticed that Joe has been taking some of my third and fourth time arounds uh, out of the podcast to shorten it. Oh, there you go. Thanks, Joe. That's why we that's why we need an editor. I love the way too when I listen because uh, I, 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 hopefully um, our listeners have the same joy when you when your episode uh, turns up in your in your inbox and you go, oh, good, I'm you know, listen to um, whatever it is. I love the intro and I love that Joe um, in recent memory has done a couple of things where you've sort of said, oh, just cut that out, Joe, um, please, and that becomes the opening. <laughs> I feel just a little bit justified just when that happens sometimes. Just a just a little bit of um, – anyway. Uh, and we do have another email from 6284D. Hey, guys. I am the unintended anonymous 6284D. The review I did on iTunes was the first I've ever done, and it proved harder than expected as Apple requires you to create a unique name to submit. And after about 10 attempts of different variations of my name, I just punched in some numbers, <laughs> and we've all been there. Um, the part of the review referring to punters was done with tongue planted firmly in cheek, referencing Matt's many man-yelling-at-cloud discussions, particularly booze. I was also amused to hear my review being read on the podcast, which brought me out of my daydream on the bus. I do enjoy the show, uh, listening mostly to the news and occasionally the interviews. The split shows work great for me. Audience of one, but I reckon the new Polka intro is also a hit. Keep up the good work, Matt, Prof and team. And that is from the artist formerly known as 6284D, which is Nathan. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. But, but I think, now, Nathan, didn't we need Nathan also to give us a full name and an address? Followed him up. Um, well, oh, you I, did? Yeah, I followed him up for his um, address so we can get a bar blade off to him and he, go, he can go on the running for letter of the week as well. Excellent. And, and thanks again to uh, to our, our friends at Beer Cartel who do support the program and provide a six-pack of quality Australian independent beer to our letter of the week, which this week is? Oh, I can't remember. I, I won't announce it. I've, I've actually given Sam our uh, office legend, one of them. I can't remember which one I assigned it to. So Okay. Well, whoever, somebody's going to get one. Somebody, somebody's going to get it, yeah. yeah. Um, I, one, I one, who, one who wasn't uh, eligible because, you know, he's, he's kind of in, in the biz, but he did um, uh, Craig Whelan from um, Thirsty Crow up there in Wagga. Just before we move on from Nathan Prof, I just wanted to oh, yeah, touch sure. on a couple of first, first of all, yeah, I don't realise quite how hard it is that if you haven't reviewed on iTunes before um, to do it. So that just makes my gratitude that anyone who does review us on iTunes, um, and it does help us, um, you know, Thank you for going to the effort and coming up with some random numbers. Um, and the uh, old man yells at cloud. Prof, yesterday I shared something on Beer Mat, which is my beer tastings um, business. Uh, my good friend Rory Gibson did an article about a book club, you know, the beer book club that I'm kicking off in Brisbane. Any Brisbane listeners who want to come along, uh, please do. We're going to be looking at some, you know, beer basics. So if, if you know, looking at things like balance and style and subtlety and, you know, classic flavours. But of course, you know, writing uh, a newspaper article, there's only so many times you want to mention the word beer. So he... Oh, he didn't do it. <laughs> he used the booze word. I did, and yeah. No, in an I article about me. And, you know, I'm sort of sitting here going, oh, oh, I know I hope that, he didn't. I hope this he is going to bite me on well. the bum. This is going to bite me on the bum. And, of course, somebody did uh, make mention in the comments. And, uh, yeah, so you, you can't escape it. Uh, that's it. You started it now. Where will it end? And, and, and the polka, great that he likes the new polka. Actually, have, have a listen to this week's prof. There's a bit of a tweak to it this week. Just sort of fine tune. Oh, okay. See All what right. see what you think. I shall do. 
Do you think the listeners would like to see us create a Facebook group, um, a place for podcast lovers to unite and share thoughts and ideas? Well, Prof, I don't know. But maybe so does, does Good Brews Week need to have, uh, so as in the, the news podcast side of things, or is it for beer as a conversation as well? Well, for the Radio Brews News Network. Um, you, okay. You, you, you so saw, a separate one, separate, separate, separate from the Australian Brews News Facebook page. Well, see, that's a page, as I'm learning, like Joe, um, our producer, um, is sort of really, we've tasked her with sort of getting us a little bit more organised this year to lift the, lift the standard of our operation. Um, and she pointed out that a page is different to a group. So Bruce News is a page, but yet a group is, you know, and prof, the irony of this is, you know, we have such love for some other Facebook <laughs> groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just, uh, just lay down. I'm just, I'm, just writing the, I'm just writing these notes and I'm going to get my 16-year-old to, uh, my 15-year-old to explain it to me later on. So group um, is not different to a page. But, but you know page. how much, how much um, love, yeah, you know, like last week, we heaped so much love on the Facebook groups. Um but Joe did make a point that we had so much great discussion in the chat room um, for the live podcast that maybe yes. there might be interest in our listeners having a just a, a group that you know they talk amongst themselves. So it doesn't get lost on all of the um, news feed that's on Radio Brews News, but there might just be a, a separate group that we can just sort of discuss stories. They can you know comment. Um, so rather than sending an email, for example, they can post. Um, to the Facebook group, and then we can go through and cull those. They can share stories that they want us to discuss and story ideas that they want us to discuss, um, and you know, and, and we can sort of inter interact with them a little bit more immediately um, as, as as things come. Um, so, like when Nathan was on the bus and heard himself, he could have then like jumped straight on his phone and and yep. made yep. made mention or yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So, listeners, I mean, I, look, I, I'm a firm believer in we don't do everything that we do well enough as it is um and we are trying to get better which is why we've got a great producer um thank you joe thank you joe but we are getting better um we continuous improvement and all that but you know if if we we'd also want to give the people what they want and if our listeners would enjoy having a radio Bruce news facebook page then maybe it's, it's something a facebook group um, maybe it's something that we... Apparently that's we, different to a page, Matt. Yes, thank you, thank you, Prof. I'm not quite sure how. It's, 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 again, it's a little bit like cotton. I'm quite happy to wear it, but I have no idea how I thought how that works. was vinyl or nylon. nylon. Actually, I don't want to see you in vinyl, thanks. Do you know that nylon is um, a combination of the words New York and London, which is where the two you know, DuPont companies were based? I did not know that. Yeah. But I do know that Botox uh, is botulism toxin. Yeah, yeah. You anyway. look surprised. <laughs> I'm like someone who's got Botox. <laughs> nice one, Prof. Good. Yeah, see what I did? You, you do, you, this is now first yeah. radio. Anyway, uh, mate, they, they, we're Cook Limit and all that. Um, so let, let us know, listeners. Um, Facebook group, yay or nay? Yeah. Somebody else who might be interested is, uh, and we could give them a call on 1300 852 235 to discover a more efficient way to get uh, your small batch canning labels done, is Rellings Labels and Stickers who are also, um, we thank for sponsoring this podcast. They're great friends, great supporters of the show, and they're helping us get people like Joe to make us better. Exactly. And terrific too to see that um, they are actually getting some um, response from their support uh, from brewers who are interested in, in looking at uh, a different way to do things. It, it's always hard to tell exactly where you get your business from, but as I said, you know, people are certainly commenting to them that they've heard, uh, heard the mention on the show. So if you've got a business that you think would be benefiting from having a shout-out on uh, Australian Brews News, get in touch. 
There we go. Um, Matt, thanks very much again for this week. I've been Pete Mitchum. You've been Matt Kierkegaard, as always. Uh, our listeners, you've all been various punters of different names Ooh, who's, we don't have time to go through and you drink own. booze. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. No, Nathan Nathan said it's okay. It got the Nathan, it's, it got the no, 6284D stamp of approval. No, I, I agreed because a better. Referring in, in, to punters was done with tongue planted firmly in cheek. I, I think Joe Referencing needs to go Matt's through. many man yelling at cloud discussions, <laughs> particularly booze. Any future, any future mentions of booze or punters, they should have little sound effects that sort of go over the top so they're the words that we shall not speak their name. Uh, okay. It's getting uh, just, uh, don't start me anyway uh thank you very much particularly as i always leave this to the last because it is the most important but thank you to go thank you to all of you listeners for listening because uh without that it would just be matt and i talking and who wants to listen to that so thanks very much and we'll see you all again next week and we're out